What a hunk! Total sploosh! Actually, yeah. Gotta give him the sploosh. And whatever my equivalent of sploosh is, which I guess is just sploosh. Only with semen. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 49 for the week of September 19th, 2011. I am TV slumming, doe-eyed, indie darling David T. Cole, and I'm here with foot girl Joe Reed. What's up, ass dicks? Codename Duchess Tara Ariano. Cacao. And Charlie worker John Ramos. Mmm, milk steak. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, first we should welcome in our guest John Ramos, writer, TV producer, man about town. I was going to say, all around gadfly. (laughs) (laughs) Former uh, successful canon submitter. He submitted the episode of Terriers from our all canon episode. Yeah, thank you for having me. So happy to have you. Into your place. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to have you live in the studio today. And, And before we get into it, Dave has a note. Uh, I have two notes. One, this is our first week with a relatively new audio setup. So if it sounds a little bit different, that's why. Hopefully for the better. But, you know, there are things I have to get the kinks out of. And the second note is I have the mother of all canker sores on the underside of the tip of my tongue. And every time I speak, it rubs against my bottom set of teeth and it hurts like hell. And also, incidentally, it's shaped like a butterfly. (laughs) This. No one asked that. But I'm just saying, if you look at the sore in the mirror, it's like it's like somebody decided to make a movie poster, like kind of like the Silence of the Lamps poster, where it's a skull <laughs> with all the ladies. It's like that, but somebody, like God, went back in time to like you know make my canker sore on my tongue a beautiful butterfly. The other thing is, and this might not be able to translate over the uh, podcast, but when you do talk now, you kind of have a Cary Grant kind of inflection to your voice, uh-huh. which I don't know, maybe that was Cary Grant's problem it's, throughout his entire life. Yeah. Lifelong canker sore issues. Well, he was a very elegant man. Yes. <laughs> hideous, hideous tongue. <laughs> maybe you'll decide to talk this way permanently. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be your new thing. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. New TV and new returning, and returning TV. S- so there were a TV lot of... TV is back. Yes. Well, thank God. TV is starting to come back. We don't back. have to talk to each other anymore. We can just watch TV. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> that was like forever. But... Uh, Really, the shows sort of start trickling back on this this coming week because yes. the Emmys, of course, are as we're recording this tonight. Yes, um, but a few episodes, a few new shows got a, a, a sneak preview this week, and a f- couple of returning shows that we love um, returned as well. Yes. And they all happen to be comedies, so we thought we would group them all together in this uh, segment. Yeah, we don't want to go stretching too far for themes this week. So basically. <laughs> Comedies come so here. So let's go the segment we've cleverly called comedies <laughs> television. And it's going to be hilarious. Nailed it. Yep. So first up. Is Archer. Yep. Mallory, he can't be found. I mean, if he's even still, um. Still what? Alive? Jeez, ow, talk about duh. I bet he already totally killed himself. <gasps> no, he didn't. What's wrong with you? Nothing, because my skeevy Russian fiancé wasn't murdered in front of my very eyeballs at my stupid wedding. Flashback. No! Katya! No! Woo! How's that feel, Archer, huh? Now both our weddings are canceled. Barry! Is that how you crash a wedding? Yes, it is, Bionic Mary. Yes, it is. 
I love Bionic Fairy. <laughs> so I'm glad they had that recap because I actually had forgotten Me how too. the season ended. It was so long ago. Well, and I'm so not accustomed to having to remember plot, like overarching yes. plots for, for comedy series like this. Yes. So... Yeah, that took me a bit. It also took me, I mean, not to get into the sunny thing, right. but to remember that Dee was pregnant all of last season. Yep. I was like, oh, that's yeah, right. that's mm-hmm. right. Um, but yeah, so this Archer sort of, it's a three-episode arc. Ar- Heart of Archness, which I love. Which is mm-hmm. great. Um, sort of like a test run after Sunny to sort of try and grab some of that audience. Yeah, and then it comes back real. for realsies in, yeah. in January, I believe. Yeah, and it does feel like, you know, they took like a direct-to-video, like, Archer movie. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, you know, not having seen the next two parts, but Mm -hmm. this certainly feels like, you know, part one to what's going to be a big old story. And already great fancy uh, guest work. Patrick Warburton plays this guy, Riley, who is a former ISIS agent who Mallory tasks to go find Archer. Yeah. Which he does with no problem, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, Sky Captain of Yesteryear. I mean, I guess we should say spoilers, even though it aired like four days ago. Right. <laughs> Tough it out, Dave. All right. S- spoilers, ho. <laughs> Pain ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in French Polynesia somewhere. But anyway, by the end of the episode, they run afoul of pirates. Right. Which I- Archer does not even understand still exists. <laughs> Much like cowboys and Indians. Yes. He, ki- he kills all of the pirates, therefore becoming the, ki- the pirate king himself. Sure. And, which uh, is pirate law. Right. Which we all observe. Yes. And fortunately, there is a pirate slave on board who is voiced by David Cross. David Cross, yeah. So uh, it looks from the from the coming episodes that he's going to be doing some funny stuff. I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I did too. Uh, it's nice to have Archer back. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's Comforting. It is. It is. Everybody needs a little stupid in their TV diet. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I am still enjoying Pam's increasing uh, presence on the show. And oh, yeah. I like that they've created the Pam... Uh, Cheryl, whatever, whatever her name is now, mm-hmm. um, the tunt. Uh, yes. <laughs> that they're increasingly become a dialogue pair because they work yeah. so well. Oh yeah, they're that. really good. That yeah. clip you had at the beginning of Judy Greer talking about how obvious it is that he killed himself. Like she's so incredibly talented that yeah. way. <laughs> and I love uh, Lana and Ray Gillette as a team too. Yep. So I'm very happy that those are the two who are going to make the rescue. Yep. I feel like Ray Gillette is becoming like the uh, the comedy spiker on the show almost. Like people are setting him up yeah, and he's just yeah. like knocking it down. Yes. Yeah, he's really good. The sploosh line. And it's so fun because he's voiced by Adam Reed. Yep. Too, yeah. You know, who did Kill Face and yes. Awesome yeah. X. And, and Awesome X, yeah. yep. For Frisky Dingo. Dingo. Also, speaking of Frisky Dingo, Frisky Dingo shout out in this episode. Yes. What the hell, damn oh, guy? What the hell, damn guy? <laughs> I felt I like out, that was outrage ejaculation from the pirate king before he's murdered. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But also, like, they just had Patrick Warburton playing the uh, the seaplane captain. Yes. Um, kind of like comedy or uh, cartoon voice Clash of the Titans with H. John Benjamin and Patrick yeah, Warburton. Yeah, really. Like, really. They, they sort of occupy maybe not, if not the same slot, then they're in the same sort of conference mm-hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> and... They really work well. I get that know. reference. Thank you. Yeah. Sports. Mm-hmm. Sports. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, other show, Sunny. Wait, are we done? Did oh, you? Well, I was just going to say, I think they're doing a really smart thing by doing this three episode arc too, to deal with Archer's, um, you know, they could have just in traditional comedy style, just ignored the fact that his fiance died, but yes. they're actually doing a little character development. Yes. Yeah. Without taking up three episodes of a 12 episode arc. Which right. Which I think is uh, 
the smarts. Well, that's something that I think too. they they yeah. started last season too with the you know the whole wee baby Seamus storyline. True, oh, Show, right. making making Archer into more of a person. Right. The other the other thing that occurred to me is the end. Uh, what I really liked about the end is that Archer kind of. Ended up on Horror Island. He did! <laughs> Which has been his fantasy since the pilot, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, any comments about Archer's beard? His uh, his Polynesian bartender beard? It worked. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. I liked it. Um, yeah, uh, so two more episodes. Yep. And then we got another fallow period, which yes. is sad. But yeah. if you haven't watched the show... Oh yeah, it's uh, a yeah. it's available. I think on Netflix. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, we'll keep and hounding you, you, you until you do. So. Watch and rewatch in, in this episode. <laughs> in fact, times. yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Sunny in Philadelphia, Joe. One of your favorite shows. One of, of the Sweet D action. Oh my god, this was such a good Sweet D episode. <laughs> um, the the clip that I've chosen is sort of representative of her storyline, which is clearly the stronger of the sort of two and a half. Yeah. Storylines in the episode. All right. Okay, Roxy, see, this is exactly why you gotta stop doing this shit. And sir, seriously. Okay, all right, all right. I'm sorry. You got me, all right? I'm busted. I am an actor. My name is Don Cheadle. No, you're not. Don- <laughs> what are you doing? What's going on? I don't care who he is if he pays me 500 bucks to rub my feet. Did you say 500 bucks? Mm hmm. To rub your feet? Mm hmm. You don't have sex with him? Mm hmm. I'm into foot shit. Interesting. Mm. What uh, shoe size are you, by the way? Hey. Your feet are bizarrely huge. <laughs> <laughs> bizarrely huge. That was Eldon from the Cosby Show. Eldon from the Cosby Show, who apparently was on the show before as fake Donovan McNabb when yep. she tried out for the Eagles, which I totally didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the story is basically Frank wants to marry a hooker. Dee tries to pretty woman the hooker yep. to make her into a better person for Frank. Why Frank deserves a better person, I don't know. Sure. Um, and ends up hanging out with the hooker and deciding that that's a pretty sweet life because mm-hmm. she only has to do foot play. Yeah. And she smokes a lot of crack, which also call back this week to Dennis and Dee's crack addiction, yes. which I feel like was for us because we mm-hmm. so recently talked about Dennis yeah, and Yeah, they obviously put through this episode together in and the last And we appreciate two weeks. it. Yeah. Um, so the voice on Roxy, the hooker, crack lady, is a triumph of. <laughs> scientific engineering I that don't know. actress is so funny alana Ubach, i love her it really felt i thought at some points like is she really saying that are they dubbing somebody else's voice what's going on she was so funny the part in the fancy clothing store where she goes up to the leather jacket and she goes oh this feels like dick skin <laughs> <laughs> and he has to be like we're in a fancy shop don't say dick skin um so clearly that's the that was the better of the plot arcs i thought Fat Mac, the comedy payoff is not worth, to me, the horrifying sight of Fat Mac. <laughs> I hope that wasn't it, you know? I yeah, mean, they oh, felt like... No. That yeah. weight's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> but I hope they find a, you know, I hope there's yeah. a better way to use it than... It didn't, it didn't, they didn't introduce it with a bang. It was sort of matter-of-factly, and then perhaps, yeah. I think, I think we'll be seeing bigger, sorry, yeah. bigger things <laughs> from that storyline. Well, and Maybe. I like... Anytime Dennis can sort of react in horror at anything, that's funny. Yes. But I don't know. I mean, what did you think? Well, I thought it was funny that they played him off of like, there's so many offensive places that the the Fat Mac idea can go and, and will, I'm sure. Yeah. But having him be in that scene opposite Dennis and Dennis be like, you know, t- telling his whole regime and like, some days I just don't eat lunch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dennis is obviously not healthy either. Right. So it's, you know, it's it's a it's a kind of like, it's a sneaky way to address the thing of like, all fat people are unhealthy. Like, no, they're not. Right. 
some skinny people are unhealthy also Clearly in Mac different is ways for reasons of Mac's own. Yes. <laughs> and they addressed that too. The doctor didn't come in and say he was fine. But right. I also thought it was funny that the way they um you know, his whole thing was like, no, I'm just building mass. I'm just, like, he was in denial that he's fat. <laughs> but then he did the thing a- where he was like, try and move me. And he couldn't. Like, that was, that was kind of funny. I love the line where he's like, I took myself from a skinny twink to uh, the hulking mass you see before you. <laughs> yeah. And I loved when he tried to demonstrate his new strength by picking Dennis up. And it yes. totally was yeah. aborted. Yes. Oh, and it's spilling over each other. Like, and the second scene he was in, I was like, what is with the garbage can? I was like, oh, it's full of tacos. It's full of chimichangas. Now yeah. I get it. Oh, right. Chimichangas. Sorry. <laughs> and once again we see that frank is the pierce of it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah. sucking sucking the funny out of oh yeah well that was the other that was the third uh storyline which tied into the roxy thing but it was so like it was really bad frank trying to find a fancy lady's a limo driver but the part where charlie starts puking blood over the lady is so unexpected and mm-hmm. so like i just and the repetition of it that it, it happened. It just kept going. It just kept going. And then he puked over Frank. Like, I don't know. Charlie Day. That's, that's committing. In many ways, it. I feel yeah. like Charlie Day is the MVP of that show because he pulls a lot of those Frank uh, plots across the finish line in the way that I don't think they would have been able to. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I I wish the blood puke didn't look so fake. Because the first time it happened, I was like, is that going to be the joke that he has a blood hose? Because it was so fake looking. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. I do like, too, how Charlie, even though, you know, we agree that Frank is, we'd like him to go away. I like I like how Charlie is kind of slavishly devoted to him. Yeah. It, it speaks well of him. It I does. Think it's endearing. Yeah. Well, um, and that's Charlie. That's why we that's like why Charlie. That's is... why we love Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, from returning shows to new shows, first up is Up All Night. Up All Night. Uh, Yeah, so Christina Applegate, Will Arnett, married parents, uh, trying to kind of do uh, the modern thing where they have the baby and they raise it well and keep their cool. Maybe some eating, drinking, dancing, smoking. God, I need a drink so badly. I mean, I haven't had a drink before I was pregnant. Although it can't go that far with the cigarettes, you know. Oh, yeah, you're right. Smoking is my gateway drug, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I have one cigarette, and the next thing you know, I'm dancing on the pool table, doing Jaeger shots, dazzling the folks with mold school reps. God, your beats are so tight after three Jaeger bombs. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love the way Christina Applegate says mold school raps. Yeah. Like, she's, she's really become a really reliable comedic voice in that way yep. where she just sort of fits really well with a total like comedy all-star like Will Arnett. Yeah. And I like them. I think I feel like with a lot of pilots I'm not expecting super refined comedy because there's so many like this pilot was, you know, obviously reshot yep. and the my Rudolph character was retooled and all this sort of stuff. So there's so many things that are working against a pilot being like this really sort of smooth cohesive comedy unit. I'm looking for characters I like sort of a, a comic sensibility that you can tell, like, their style of comedy is something that you're going to want to work with. Mm-hmm. And I just like the Christina Applegate and Will Arnett characters in this, and the Maya Rudolph character in this. Yeah, when I read that my, the Maya Rudolph character was supposed to be an Oprah-esque talk show host, sure. which she is, yes. oh, yeah. I was like, oh, well, that means they're going to have to recalibrate the comedy, so she's, like, the funny, crazy one, and the other two have to be like, come on, like, being boring. Uh-huh. Also, not helped by the fact that they have kids. Sorry, people have kids. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but there are, everyone gets to be funny. Yes. In, in different ways, and yeah. I thought that was really effective. I, I thought um, Christina Applegate, who I've liked ever since 
well, I won't say all the way back to Married with Children, but she was great in <laughs> a recurring role on Friends. Don't tell mom the babysitter. And don't tell mom and the babysitter's dad. Um, she was great and relatable and believable. I thought the dynamic between her and Will Arnett as her husband was like they had really nice chemistry. Yeah. Especially starting from the cold open where it was like, okay, well we're pregnant. We didn't intend it, but we're married. I guess we're having a baby now, which sometimes is how it happens when you're in your thirties. Yeah. Yeah. I did like how they talk themselves into the enthusiasm for it. I thought it was really endearing. Yes. And, um, you know, as far as the Maya Rudolph character, I mean, I think it's a little bit dangerous because the boundary, boundary, Elis boss is, Mm -hmm. can be kind of tired. Yeah. But I think they're, she's really committing to that role. Right. You can see it. And I think... Uh, and and they've changed it so that they're actually friends. Like, right, it's not just right. that they're boss so and underling. I think as long as right. they don't fall into the trap of, like, every week, it's like, how far is Maya Rudolph going to push yeah, her before yeah. she, you know, yes. decides, well, I've had enough. I have to go home. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think the advantage that uh, Maya Rudolph has in that area is that she doesn't need to go big to be funny. She can be really funny with just when she's like, we're off the cleanse, y'all. Yeah. Like, it's not like yeah. something. <laughs> she's just so funny saying shit like that. Or when she pops the cork on that champagne bottle yeah. and she just goes, hey Like... <laughs> It's she's just sort yeah. of funny in her bones. Yes, and she is. So I feel like as long as the show can be confident in letting her do that, mm-hmm. and as long as she can be confident in letting herself do that, then I think that's really promising for the future of the show. Yeah. One like little quibble I had is like I just wanted to see the scene where they come after they've gone out on the town and had their drunken karaoke. How do they deal with the babysitter coming home? Oh yeah, that was that was unbelievable too. Where they were like, "Oh, we canceled the babysitter. We can still call her back." Like no parent I know has ever been able to do that. In fact, I know parents who have a three-year-old who've never had a babysitter at all. My sister. Well, and that karaoke scene is also the one part where I could really see the seams of changing the Maya Rudolph character because at the in the first version where she's head of the PR agency or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's no big deal. The lady who runs a PR agency is out on the town karaokeing. If you saw Oprah at a karaoke bar yeah. singing It's Raining Man, that would be kind of a thing. That but would be I can kind see her being like local Oprah. Sure. You okay. know what I mean? Like she's she yeah. has a local market show. She's, she's like Sue Simmons out drinking for <laughs> yeah. and doing karaoke, which that would be awesome, Sue Simmons. It would be kind of awesome. If you were out at the bar. Yeah. Come on. I grew up with Sue Simmons. Sure you did. Yeah. 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 I, thought it was, I thought it was good. The other thing I want to say is that the Will Arnett character is one that I feel like hasn't been done in, in TV before, where he was the scene with him in the grocery store and trying to avoid the yeah. old lady who's trying to get up on the baby. The stay-at-home dad whose entire purpose on the show isn't lamenting the fact that he's a stay-at-home dad. Yes. Who's into it and is a good person and isn't bitching all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that he needed a little male bonding through, like, Xbox or whatever. I thought that was a great detail, too. They didn't overdo it. It Yeah. 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 That happens. All right. uh, (laughs) I've heard it. (laughs) All right. Free agents also. Is is, is it the same... This is a remake from uh, they, these were these are back to back. So these, this is the new yeah. co- a new night of comedy on NBC other than Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, their regular time slot is uh, this the, the, starting this week will be Tuesdays at eight back to back. So this is a remake of a British show which originally starred Stephen Mangan, who is the man writer from episodes in the Hank Azaria role, right. and Sharon Horgan, who was in the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret as well as pulling in the what is now the Catherine Hahn role. And they are uh, co-workers at a PR firm. He's recently divorced. And as the show opens, they've just did it. Yes. What the hell? What are you thinking? I'm thinking it's my son's birthday next week and I'm not going to be with my kids. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't usually do this. 
Hi, I need a cab. I'd like to speak through the pain and ask you if you think <laughs> Hank Azaria was miscast. In this. Yes, I was just about oh to say God, that. Yes. He's not a sad sack guy. I don't buy it. Although I did see a post this week that was pretty funny that said that his character on Free Agents is Frank Grimes. Oh my God, how funny. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, That's I feel like cute. if you cast him with somebody I liked more, I would be 100% with the show. As it is, it's so much better than I thought it would be from the uh, little preview clips that I had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just figured the only thing it had going for it was Katherine Hahn, who I love. Yeah, and we she's t- great. I thought she was great in that role. Yeah, we talked about her on the show before, nominated for... The uh, Blousy Blondes Mm -hmm. scholarship, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Um, But she's not a blonde enough to qualify. Right. Um, She's great. Anthony Stewart had it so great to see him on television. Yeah, he's He's fine. He's really funny. Yep. I like, again, I sort of like the comic sensibility of the show. It looks like a show where we're dealing with Mm grown-ups, actual people, rather than caricatures and types. They care about each other. Yes. Which is kind of an underrated thing on TV comedy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of TV comedy where people are just sort of reflexively nasty to each other, and that's yep. supposed to be funny. And you can tell, like, there's actual, like, you know, warmth between the characters. And I like And that. I appreciate a show that doesn't drag out the will they or won't they, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, News Radio did that as well with, you know, Dave and Lisa sleeping together in the second episode. And, you know, I don't think it hurt it. No. From, in the in the from a story perspective, yeah, but I I agree. Hank Rosario is definitely miscast. And my other problem with the show is that like the supporting cast seems really big. There's a lot of people. They don't doing need a lot Joe of... Latrulio. Is that his name? As the yeah, they don't. Guard guy? They don't. And certainly not at the outset. I feel like that's a kind of character that can sort of organically grow. Like oh, mm-hmm. the security guard who becomes like a little like uh, Tom on Cougar Town, the creepy yes. neighbor. Yes, that sort of like happens naturally. I yep. feel like. Too many shows try to add that like extra character yeah. for outside, you know, outside perspective, and it's just and the and the you know the snippy res- uh, assistant like we, I know we Natasha get Ligero, it, and I also like, hate oh she was Nat- terrible. I hate Natasha yeah. Leggero like anyway, yeah, so yeah. she's already that had it had a really good line though. I thought when she, when he was like, could we dial back the sass a little bit? And she's like, she's like, it's not sass, like it's not sassy uh, when a lion eats a deer in the wild. It's not sassy. I thought that was actually a good line. Um. Yeah, I like the acting better than the show, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I think um, what you were saying about there being so many characters, I think that drove on the fact that they they repeated a lot of jokes. They drove them to the Mm -hmm. ground in one half hour, which, like, you know, a good example. I actually got a good laugh out of uh, the part in the elevator where he... um, you know, she's like, you're crying right now. Do you realize yeah. that? Yeah, that was good. Be able to describe it. <laughs> but then they bought, talked about his crying like 50 more times in the episode. And it yeah. just kind of made it like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, I'd give it another chance, but I don't. Yeah, think so. I'll still watch it. I mean, I, I, even for a pilot, I thought it was pretty strong. And I'll yeah. see, I'll see where they're, where they're going to go with it. But it, apparently its ratings were so terrible compared oh, no. to Up All Nights that oh, it, it may not get that much of a shot. Oh, that's too bad. Next up, New Girl. You know, you can't just pretend like it didn't happen. Or I could pretend to be more like you, Jess, and live on a sparkly rainbow and drive a unicorn around and just sing all the time. Yeah, I think you should sing all the time. No, I was being mean. I'm not going to do that, Jess. I uh, totally ruined a really good joke last night on Twitter with a typo, so I, I erased it. And uh, <laughs> But I'll bring it back up here, which is uh, I do believe that New Girl might be set might be set in Albuquerque. Nice. Bam! Please discuss. Nailed it, despite the canker sore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will, uh, I'll very briefly say, I was really prepared to like hate this show because um, I had uh, assumed I was going to put it in the same bucket as Wonderfalls and yeah. Pushing uh-huh. Daisies and Dave Cole's hated over-engineered yes. quirk show uh-huh. bucket. 
Um, but it wasn't that bad. I actually thought they balanced it pretty well. It's mm-hmm. sort of self-aware of its quirkiness or self-aware of her quirkiness in mm-hmm. a way that they know that they have to balance it off yeah. with the Jake Johnson character, who is an actor I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. and who Which one is that? Uh, the guy in that clip, the guy who's the bartender. Oh, oh you don't like him. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's the reason why I'm going to be watching this more than anything. <laughs> Tar's making. I'm gonna say such a good face. A going snarl on right face. Now. This is something. It's more of a yikes face. Okay. Like he's my. He was my biggest problem with the show. Really? Wow. He, okay. I think he's a fine actor. Uh-huh. But he's obviously supposed to be the Jess love interest eventually. Sure. And he's not cute enough. Sorry. Um, <gasps> Disagree. The, the, sh- the three guys that she lives with are like the three bears oatmeal, right? Like kind of, one yeah. is t- one is too mean. That's coach. Yes. One is too douchey. That's Schmidt. Yeah. And he's the one who's supposed to be just right, right. even though he's kind of fucked up. Yes. My, I thought it was good, too. I was surprised at how good the jokes were. But my I think they need to do some tweaking on her character. Yeah. yeah the, I agree. the issue is for me. Especially in a season when we just saw the amazing specificity with which Breaking Bad has continued to write Gale, even though he's dead. Yeah. Um, as like, you know that guy. Like mm-hmm. every bit of, of character detail that you learn about him just makes him more of a full person. Yeah. Whereas with her, I feel like is the same person into Dirty Dancing, Lord of the Rings, and Tex Avery cartoons. They really Like, it was really, they were just throwing a lot of things at her to be geeky about without having any kind of thought about how they all fit together. And furthermore, the girl who comes uh, to a roommate interview in a cute little red sundress, it doesn't think that she can go on a date in overalls. I have a theory. She's not that much of an idiot. (laughs) She may be the first search engine optimized TV character. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, what's uh, what's what's on uh, the uh, Google uh, you know rising topics right. page? Oh, okay, that's what she's into now. I think that she's it could be a good everywhere. character if they like really give some more thought to like they what is she, what is she about? Now that it's past the pilot stage, they need to refine it. They need to a lot of the the way this show is going to be good or bad is going to be where they take her because clearly clearly this is a character that needs to grow mm-hmm. as the series goes on. The direction they have her grow is going to sort of determine whether it's good or bad. Yep. Okay. New shows. What are we looking forward to, Tara? I'm looking forward to revenge. (laughs) That water's ice cold. Only at first. After a while, you can't feel anything. Sounds like my marriage. <laughs> I love it. That joke is so corny. See, I know this show is not going to be great, but I feel like it's um, it feels fills the hole that I mean I won't say the hole that Gossip Girl has left because I still watch Gossip Girl too. But it's like but it me, seems to me well. like like if Gossip Girl was only about Blair and her schemes, yeah. it would be revenge. And I think this show knows what it's doing from the little that I've seen of it. I think it knows it's a ridiculous like I, yeah. super schlocky soap. Ha- and apparently at the TCA press tour, somebody, one of the critics asked, like, can an episode end with Emily throwing up her hand and with, a f- with a fist and yelling, revenge? And the person, like, the producer laughed and was like, that would be amazing. Like, yeah. Yes, that's get the it. show I want. They get you it. You know what you are. Having seen that whole pilot, I will <laughs> say that they do. They get it. They understand. Good. There's some parts that of that pilot that are so ridiculous where, like, Emily Van Camp is in this, like, Sydney Bristow wig mm-hmm. and some glasses. Don't care. Or, like, there's a flashback to her emerging from juvie looking <laughs> all, like, tough girled out. And it's so awesome. funny. And it's like, it's, I think she is probably strong enough to deal with a character like that. Mm -hmm. I think certainly they cast Madeline Stowe completely correctly. I'm so glad to have her sort of back in 
the realm of acting and yes. being in front of my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the supporting cast is good. Connor Paolo from Gossip Girl I really like. And I don't know. It's, I'm very much looking forward to it. I didn't realize how much I need a replacement for Gossip Girl yeah. in my life until hearing you talk about this. <laughs> I'm so excited. Joe. Yes. What is your show? Um, well, since the crop of fall pilots looks really grim, I had to go to uh, mid-season for NBC's Awake. Meaning you can't tell whether you're awake or asleep at this very moment. I'm, I'm awake with my wife and I close my eyes, I open them, I'm awake with my son. Well, I can assure you, Detective Britton, this is not a dream. What? exactly what the other shrink said so <laughs> what it's kind of as me waking up <laughs> <laughs> wow okay um it's kind of tough to explain the uh the concept in like a sentence but i think if you watch the preview clips online you sort of get it right away he uh jason isaacs is the main character he's a cop he is in a car crash in which his wife and son are in the car and He's sort of sliding doors his life now, where in one reality, his wife died and his son is alive, and in another, his uh, son died and his wife is alive. And when he goes to sleep, he wakes up into the other reality. So he sort of never sleeps, which they kind of address where B.D. Wong, his one shrink in the one reality, is like, so when you should be sleeping, you're actually living an entirely other uh, life. It's sort of, you know, sci-fi... in concept, but not in execution, where it seems very sort of grounded in reality and these cases that he's trying to solve. And I don't know, from what I've seen, like the acting seems really strong, where he's really sincere about, I'm just a guy. The basic motivation of this is, I don't want to have to do without my wife or my son. So I'm going to try and navigate this dual reality as it stands. Yeah, that wasn't me waking up like I fell asleep because I was bored. I was just... Oh, okay. I was called awake. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just doing a bit. Just doing a bit. I wasn't being a jerk <laughs> this time. So yeah, I think it looks very promising and I think in this era of sort of television 12 months a year, I don't necessarily think mid-season means bad anymore. Mid-season could just mean we're looking to launch it in a time where we have more resources to devote to one show. So... It does share some things with Journeyman, doesn't it? I was thinking that yeah. too. Yeah, I was. That, that's the the Kevin McKidd show that yeah. NBC used to have. Yeah, yeah which unfortunately, yeah. well, unfortunately because I love Kevin McKidd. Yeah, more than one season, but yeah. we'll always have Rome was, on I, DVD. I, admit I, did, I stopped watching it too, so hopefully <laughs> this will be better. What do you got for us, John? Uh, I have Smash. To another be an icon. Being in the chorus is like being nobody. They'll make a star. I got a call back from Maryland. I got a call back. She has the experience. She has the talent. I think she's a star. But in the spotlight... I trained for this. There can only be one. (laughs) So Smash is also a mid-season show about the invention of a Marilyn Monroe musical, which causes two two women to compete for the Marilyn role, one of them being Kat McPhee from uh, American Idol. And uh, she's the sort of ingenue that you root for um this was a trailer that aired i think a few months ago for the first time it was about five minutes long yeah everybody was talking about the internet explode in a positive way (laughs) which like almost never happens yeah and uh especially with regard to a deborah messing project right (laughs) exactly and having rewatched it i can see why um you know since you mentioned her starting with deborah messing just in the little bit that i saw i think uh 
she's really going to be allowed to act this character yeah. and not be yeah. so, you know, spazzy and hyper and glazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's one big, of those people that really everybody hates that I secretly love. So I love her too. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved how Angelica Houston just sat regally without saying a word yes. the entire time. I can't wait for the first thing that she says on the show. It's going to be so She's much. auto-tuned in the show. That's the big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Jack Devonport is the director who I I personally haven't seen since Tell to Mr. Ripley, but he was fantastic in that. And I think he's going to be, you know. He's been he sort of such the right, you know. He was in the Pirates but, of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, which none of which I saw. And failed time, pilot but. to failed pilot to failed pilot. Um, yes. Yeah. But you know, it, it invites obvious comparisons to Glee. I don't think they're that apt. But I think what I'm excited about this show for that Glee let us down in is that it's it seems like it's really got a good handle on its tone. Yeah, um, I agree. Even in the trailer, yeah, that seems yeah. clear. Yeah, like they they seem like there was a sort of flight of fancy where you know when the when Cat McPhee is singing like she imagines herself on a stage with the lights and everything and then right and then there's the needle slams back moment. into the real thing which is I mean but not even with a needle stretch like you know it's right, just right. like it's, she yeah, something happens reality. and she realized yeah. whereas on Glee like you were supposed to think oh they rehearsed that whole number and they learned it in a day like you yeah. know there's a lot of eliding of the reality of what they're actually doing whereas this is just like no this is a fantasy and that's fine right but i also think it's really embracing like you know the cattiness and competitiveness of broadway sure it's not gonna it's not gonna waste our time on a bunch of one to grow on moments that (laughs) no one cares about seriously well Um, and watching it this is another one where i got a chance to see the pilot and it's like 90 percent this really well produced you know looks gorgeous professional NBC television show. Yeah. And then the last 10 minutes, it's just able to sort of like break open into this fantastic musical number that they actually have at the end of that trailer clip. And it's like, wow, okay, not very many shows have that sort of bullet in their chamber. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And I have a, I actually um, have a friend who works on the show and he, uh, he told me one of the things I think people are going to be really excited about is that you, you naturally root for Kat McPhee's character, but I think, he said, actually, the, the surprise is that you're going to really come to care about Megan Hilty's character over the That's over the, the other thing. The season, Megan Hilty unexpected. and Christian Borle, the two actors who you may mm-hmm. not have heard of in that cast, I think are going to be the two breakout stars of that. If that shows a hit, those two are going to be huge. I saw her in the 9 to 5 in the musical, 9 to 5 and musical. she was great. Yeah. She played the Dolly Parton part. The one hilarious part, too, in the trailer is uh, it says, and introducing Kat McPhee. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's the most cynical. I mean, Not I think everybody it, watches American Idol. I think it swings around to hilarious. But I do think of all the people who would watch the show for one specific person she's probably drawing in more people than that is probably true so to say like they they found her like singing for pennies oh i know 30 rock is like ridiculous (laughs) well it sort of enhances like the mythology of the show in that way too yeah exactly yeah she's like she walks it and dave oh it's funny that you guys were saying you had to go to mid-season to find something i had the same problem but not even mid-season could save me so i got nothing but I made a list to explain why I have nothing. Person of interest. Not interesting. Terra Nova. Too implausible. Homeland. Too plausible. Too broke girls. Too cutesy poo. Boss. Can't seem to poo. American Horror Story. Too scary. Secret Circle. Not enough vampires. X Factor. Too many vampires. <laughs> the Playboy Club. Derivative. Pan Am. Too derivative. Charlie's Angels. Three derivatives. Last Man Standing. Needs improvement. Unforgettable. Too something or other. Suburgatory. Too punny. Heart of Dixie. Not punny enough. I hate my teenage daughter. Too mean. Man up. Too unidirectional. 
prime suspect. Too many expectations. <laughs> I'm going to be a gentleman. Too instructive. Whitney. Too many terrible print ads. Alan Gregory. Too thin. Hell on wheels. Language. <laughs> a gifted man. Too much. You shouldn't have. Once upon a time. Too grim. And grim. Too once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what that music means. It's time for the canon. And Mr. John Ramos, what have you brought for us today? Thank you. I have brought uh, Archer, Season 1, Episode 4, Killing Utney, uh, possibly more colloquial known as the Dinner Party episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we start off in the office. Um, I'm just going to, instead of identifying A and B and C plots, since they pretty much all take place in the same place, I'm yeah. just going to kind of run through it. Um very good. The one scene that doesn't happen is in, uh, at Mallory's house is in the office. Uh, we get the mention of Torvald Utney mm-hmm. from the title. He's the UN chairman of the UN Intelligence Committee, and he is in control of who gets a huge spy contract that for six years has gone to Odin. And I think this is the first time that we've heard Odin mentioned on the show. So that leads us into our first clip here. ISIS needs that UN contract. So I am going to woo Mr. Torvald Utney. Gross. With a dinner party tonight. And you're uninviting me in advance? Normally, yes. But this party is different and very important, so absolutely nothing can go wrong. Well, then we better keep Dr. Bellows away from Jeannie. No, no dates. From my dream of Jeannie. No one is bringing a date, so don't you bring a date. Okay, but I don't want to get there and be the only one without a date. And I don't want another one of your sullen whores using my medicine cabinet like a... A Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> so things to note about this clip is, Mal- first off, Mallory's being literal when she says whores. Uh, Archer is a strong patron of <laughs> ladies of sure the evening <laughs> industry. And um, the fact that he shares this with her is kind of indicative of the uh, hatefully codependent relationship yes. that they have, I think. Yep. Um, I also love the fact that Archer takes such pleasure in his own pop culture references <laughs> it is, it is. It's, yes. it's oddly endearing especially so, for people like us yeah exactly exactly we can, i think we can relate yeah. yeah so we have a little horrific flashback to the last dinner party mallory had, uh mallory had where uh, archer's sullen horror kind of died of a drug overdose in front of everyone uh that's great because she in true patrician fashion she tries to plow through it like nothing happens she just ignores it (laughs) but everyone else is not on the same page so (laughs) so the other thing that happens in the cold open is uh mallory makes a call to a german guy who's voiced by Rene aubergine brilliantly Mm -hmm. who is from benson deep space nine and also to tie it together was uh d's old drama coach on all right right. so she gives them an assignment. They get another assignment that kind of supersedes that from Nikolai Jagoff, the KGB head. And so we've got the setup. Uh, the other, the funny part is that the girl who's 19 compared to Rene Aubergine was Old. 120. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is baby crazy. And she's carrying around a uh, prosthetic baby on, <laughs> yeah. her, on her chest. And that's a joke that will escalate through the entire scene. So that leads us to the next clip. So, your instructions are clear? Drinks and fish balls. You ring first bell for dinner, and on second bell, I come out all John Wooey, screaming crazy and shooting blanks. Then I throw myself in front of Atni, shielding him with my supple body as you are gunned down by ISIS agents. Who are also shooting blanks. 
Und loud ones, because for Atni to buy it, everyone must act surprised. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, me too. Nanny, I have a bad feeling for this. Why? Only I will have real bullets. This is taking chocolate from a baby. Oh, no. We won't give our baby chocolate. Oh. <laughs> He can have carob. <laughs> <laughs> so, all the couple's interactions are hilarious. They all focus on this. It all comes back to the baby thing, and it actually escalates as it goes on. I won't go on about that, but I love that exchange because it seems like it's right out of, you know, some parenting blog or <laughs> yeah, right. whatever yeah. that you would, we would probably all avoid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, like, the the uh, the pause followed by the mm-hmm is a running, it's a running <laughs> gag through the series. And yeah. I love all those running gags, but it also kind of indicates in the situation that she has not instructed Archer and Lana to shoot blanks and therefore is willing to have this couple and their, quote, baby gunned down so she can get this UN contract. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's That's Mallory. Mallory, yeah. <laughs> so we move on. Uh, we get introduced to Adney, who's voiced by Jeffrey Tambor. So he's uh, he comes back later in a different role, but this is the first time we've seen him. Um, I feel like part of his work in this episode is to give a... Uh, Tara a chance to put on her accent cop at, <laughs> at eh. it's a, I mean it's a cartoon I can I, I'll allow true. it it does go kind of all over the place and I honestly think, the uh, the pleasure of an Arrested Development reunion between Jeffrey That's Tambor and course. Jessica Walter is, of is more important than anything Greer, else too. and Judy yeah. Greer of course yeah yep. so um, Mallory's attempts to impress Utney do not go well uh, across the board um including Krieger opening his mouth for the first time, and it's a disaster. So um, the other thing that happens is uh, Archer shows up. He doesn't have a date. He finds that everyone has a date, much to his chagrin. So he goes down to the street. He, you know, randomly finds a beautiful German girl, you know, dressed in the finest evening wear that would totally <laughs> fit into this dinner party. Yep. Doesn't question that at all. Just, you know, takes her upstairs. But we, as the audience, see that she also has instructions to kill Utney. Um yeah, the, <laughs> the thing that cracked me up about that is, of course, it seems far-fetched that she would be just wandering around, but I thought maybe the intel that she got kind of led her to believe that the best way she could inflate the, <laughs> infiltrate the dinner party would be to walk around in the street and Archer, you know, would come out yeah. and, and be in need of a Archer. horror. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it seemed logical to me. So they go upstairs, leads to the next clip. Torvald, please don't go yet. You haven't even tried the fish balls. No need. That's plenty of fishiness going on. Maybe I should go say something. Yeah, where's the damn fish balls already? I could kill for some food. Sure, it wouldn't be the first time. Lana. No, I just meant like she literally killed somebody and, and then ate their corpse. Yeah, I <laughs> saw where you're going with that. <laughs> you know? When I served in the king's African rifles, the local Zambezi tribesmen called human flesh long pig never much cared for it <laughs> what so else I, is such a g i yeah. know i know <laughs> no, i included that just to give a little uh, play to the non-archer characters in this episode but also because i just you know was tickled about <laughs> bringing up cannibalism in a dinner party sure, you know, sure. what, could be, <laughs> what could be more appropriate so uh, Archer brings the beautiful girl upstairs. Utney slobbers all over her. Um, his attitude changes. Mallory's all happy. Um, meanwhile, the German couple has figured out everything that's going on, and they're doing their own bit of scheme hatchery. Um, the one other 
little bit I wanted to bring up before we get to the next clip. There's an exchange that I wanted to clip, but uh, I'm only mentioning it because it pays off later. Um, we get the first mention of uh, Mallory's unseen neighbor, Trudy Beekman. Yes. Uh, nemesis. Yes. Yeah. Trudy so, Nemesis on the co-op board. <laughs> so referring to the, the sullen whore from the, from the uh, last dinner party, she says one more... Uh, one more dead body in here, and that bitch Trudy Beekman will have me right in front of the co-op board. And he's like, wow, you don't get along with your neighbors anywhere, which is, I think, the only shout-out to Arrested Development. Like, clear shout-out to Arrested Development I've ever yeah. seen, but it yes. makes sense yes. for this episode. Yes. Um, she says she hates her because she wallpapers her uh, her bathroom with vintage New Yorker vintage coverage. Vintage New Yorker covers. Which I grew up in New York, and my parents had a bunch of you know, rich friends. I have seen that bathroom. Oh, really? Anyway, yeah. uh, I have seen that bathroom, oh, and I totally am with Mallory on that. Um, and the other thing that that killed me was just a. Uh, you know, I think they've only mentioned once that the show takes place in New York, but it, it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, for New Yorkers who own property, like the highest authority is not the police, it's not any kind of lawmaking institution. It's the co-op. It's the co-op board. It's the most unanswerable institution possible. So I just love that. That's where the focus of our attention is. <laughs> so anyway, I think, uh, yeah, we can move on to the uh, to the next clip. Mallory's all happy. Everything's going well with Utney. Places, everyone. Is everyone comfy? Yeah. Sterling and Lana, you both have a clear line of sight to the kitchen? Yes. Sure, I think so. Well, then let's eat. First bell. Wow. Forgot how much I hated that. Oh, that's right. I kept it on the nightstand to wake Nanny whenever Sterling wet the bed. <laughs> Mother! <laughs> Wait, whose bed? It was always don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> I love that Cheryl is crazy enough to take this one step further and really see what's going on. It's it's in character uh, mm-hmm. for her, I think. Um, so things fall apart. The... Uh, the German girl keels over and dies with poison meant for Utney. Um, the Germans escape. The other hitmen escape, and the German spy, the, not the German. The German, yeah, yeah the, the German girl, and then the caterers go out the window after killing Utney. Um, so they have to decide what to do, and Mallory sees her opportunity to stick it to Trudy Beekman. <laughs> so they break into her apartment, which from here it's just a. All you see is the Beekman's door, so it's pretty much all audio. So you're you're hearing what we're hearing. See. Just look at this bathroom. I kind of like it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I dropped them there next to that awful Louis Quinz repro. Ugh. Now then, we want this to look like a classic hooker murder-suicide. So, Cyril, take Sterling's gun and pump around into his prostitute. Wait, what? Everyone shoots the chippy. Wait, 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 wait we're what? all in it together. Wait. Think of it as a team-building exercise. But Odin gets to go on outward bound. But Odin can suck it. Now shoot! Oh, Jesus. You're next! God, Cyril, that was pathetic. Shut up. Come on, everybody, hey, shoot! Go. Bam! <laughs> now, Sterling, drop your gun between yeah, the bodies. No. And- Have you ever seen CSI? This is already like Clue Town. Not for long. Dr. Krieger, dear? What? Oh. Cyril, call 911 from their phone and leave it off the hook. And Sterling. But this gun, it was a gift. Oh, please. Nobody gives you gifts. You don't know. <laughs> Whatever you say, dear. Dr. Krieger? Now then. They still didn't get the UN contract. Oh, but I will. And I'll get to see Trudy Beekman try to explain this little barbecue to the co-op board. That smell takes me back. Just like a Zambezi feast. Yeah, I'm kind of hungry. Is that weird? It would be weirder if you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's so much that's great about that clip. There's yeah. so many. It's the payoff of so many different jokes. I'm not going to list them all. And how many shows just basically do an audio bit? Like, really, the visual is just a picture of the outside door to his apartment it being was, a jar. Really, and that's yeah, it. all you yeah. see is like yeah. you, you see the flames light up from in, from within, but that's that's about yeah. it. So, yeah, that's uh, so good. You know, I, I think. The reason I really picked this episode, because there are so many, I mean, picking something from Archer is just, they're, they're all so good. <laughs> yeah. um, and I did, I, I did regret a little bit not picking a Ray episode because he's my favorite character, but Mallory is my second favorite character mm-hmm. and this is her at its finest. She's, she's bossy, she's classist, classist, she's petty and devious, unscrupulous. Yeah. It's, as the show would say, this is classic her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we're uh, we go to the last uh, denouement there. Well, this tort's a winner, Mallory. What was that name again? Claude Kaka. <laughs> Stop it! I'm sorry. That that's a funny word. Oh, I thought we were laughing at the dead people we set on fire. <laughs> Um, sorry. <laughs> so that was Lana cracking up at the yeah. end, which the, the the hilarious part is that Lana, I mean, I wouldn't say there's the show has a moral center, not at all, but she doesn't always try to do the worst thing mm-hmm. possible in right. that situation. <laughs> right. So to see her like go out on a limb and like yeah. laugh at the charred corpses in the next, in the next room and be hung out sure. there is, uh, is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I also love the, the vibe with, with them laughing and Mallory shutting them up. It feels like she's... Not just Archer's mother, but like the the stern, disapproving, oh, withholding yeah. mother to all oh, of yeah. them. Yeah, which is a, another great dynamic that I love about the show. So, yeah, that's yeah. my submission. Joe, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, in addition to all of that, which is all just greatness. I mean, not even getting into uh, Krieger creating the robot Fister robot, <laughs> which is my favorite favorite Krieger joke of all time. And then Pam's right there to go, and he does more than just fist. <laughs> <laughs> It's... I know her 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 enthusiasm about it. It makes you wonder about their testing methods, yeah. like what what goes and on. And then yeah. you know, for characters who don't really who have no place in the Archer universe, like uh, the two the caterers, uh, Uta and whatever Manny or, Manny Manny. Yeah. Um, the running joke she had about wanting to see all these New Yorky things, but you promised we'd go to Ruby Foo's. Like <laughs> it's just yeah. what about the fantastic? What about the fantastics? <laughs> yeah. And then and then the other running joke about uh, which runs through this episode and more about Lana's as Cheryl calls them ballpark Frank figures. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just Lana Lana manhand jokes are Trocasaurus. Really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's just a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like how um this episode highlights how the show is has jokes for jokes' sake. Yeah. Because there's no payoff to the whole thing with Uta having the fake pregnancy belly on. Right. Except for her to make jokes about this baby she doesn't actually have. And Although it's they just do shout it out for, in episode 10, I think. That's yeah, true. They but do. It's, it's just funny for funny's sake. It's, totally. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, how, what, can, what else can we do to these characters <laughs> so that we'll have more opportunities for jokes? That's great. And um, <laughs> they also have an exchange that I was hoping would be in your clips where uh, he's like, Manny in the, is scolding her and he goes, Uda. And then she goes, Uda. That's how you talk. That's how you talk. <laughs> I did we, love that. We yeah. still quote in this, in this house. Honestly, when I went through the episode, I, I think I had like 14 clips. So I had to cut it down. I just like, <laughs> it, really it, it, yeah. it took forever. But, but. Um, I, I, but I'm glad that you ended the way you did because, you know, especially the both of those last two clips because it highlights so early on in the season, like, 
of, of the series. It's only episode four. Like, it tells you what you should expect in the show. These are horrible people. Yeah. That are unapologetic. Oh, and possibly the first appearance of Ray Gillette. Mar- Mallory makes a reference to I think him. that's the next episode. Oh, it is? Yeah, oh. yeah Ms. Gillette. Yeah, I think that's the Honey Pot oh, episode. Oh, but that's we're, right. That's we're right. Very close. I'm getting confused because yeah. that was yeah. on this. We watched that one yeah. this week, too. I'm going to write a memoir about this place. <laughs> Real smackaroon. That's I the best introduction. And after seeing this, I want Trudy Beekman to show up at some point. Maybe not yeah. this season. Maybe like, maybe like yeah. a down the road kind of yeah. thing where mm-hmm. she's just this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That would and be I think, good. too, what you were saying about the, them being horrible, it's. This is a great episode because they're horrible together. Exactly. It's like Seinfeld. Yeah. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. No one so. is less horrible than anyone right. else. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off uh, room temperature here. Uh, this is not one of my favorite uh, Archer episodes. I found it kind of slow. And I thought one of the rare things about this episode is it actually introduces a zero of a character. Usually even the bit players in Archer have something about them. And... Uh, uh, the uh, the UN guy Utney Utney yeah he's just like he's he's not he's a nothing and they they wasted a really good talent I thought on a nothing like J- Jeffrey Tambor coming into voices was a little a little weird and uh, I don't know why you guys love it and I don't I really don't like the assassin couple characters I find mm. them really boring and they come back later too and I just I just never liked them I, I just couldn't get into it but. Um, there are tons of great one-liners in this episode and it is a sort of change of pace and setting episode, even though it's episode four in the series, um, it works really well. Um, like the whole dinner scene, um, stuff and just like the dynamics of there. It's really, it was actually probably pretty smart of them to get all the characters in a room together and have so many different interactions where you can really get a sense in the fourth episode of a series, how people playing off each other and what kind of better sense of who they are, because really, you know, the, the pilot is very Archer heavy and this Archer Lana stories, basically, you know, and, and then as you go along, it's sort of like the Simpsons, it grows and grows yeah. and grows. Right. Um, so I think this was a smart episode to have in number four. It's just not, just not my favorite. And I thought, um, there were more weak points in this episode than, than many others. I'm like, all right. I think we're ready to put this to a both. Yes. Joe. Uh, my vote is yes. Tara? I'll vote yes, too. I'm going to do a marginal no, but it is two votes is all you need to get in. So <laughs> here we go. Archer Killing Utney, Season 1, Episode 4. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Americans love a winner. And will not tolerate a loser. Uh, winner of the week is uh, January Jones, who popped out her baby and still successfully managed to keep the identity of the father out of secret, at least officially. Thank God it's not a girl. <laughs> uh, loser of the week, last minute substitution originally was going to be Martin Sheen for being forced to participate even in only a promo form in his son's Comedy Central roast this week. But then last night I read that Aaron Sorkin showed up in an event with a broken nose and said the reason was that he was writing and he was emphatically delivering dialogue into a mirror and headbutted himself on the mirror. (laughs) Which I bet parts of that story are true. If that story I bet there's a mirror involved. If that story is true, it's horrible. But um, I don't think that that's normally what happens with noses and mirrors in the houses of known drug addicts. Although I will Just totally saying. believe that he speaks his own dialogue into the mirror intensely. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, let's cover the rest of the week. 
Nude photos of Scarlett Johansson have leaked online. We might not all agree on her acting range or her singing talent, but we can all agree on this. They're real and they're spectacular. Real Housewives of New York, Jill Zarin, Alex McCord, Kelly Bensimone, and the one with the vajazzling business have all reportedly been fired from the show. Bravo, you may strike Jill Zarin down, (laughs) but she will only come back more powerful than ever. Who's that nasally judgmental voice you hear at a charity auction? What face lies beneath that floppy, oversized hat at the Hamptons? Live in fear, Andy Cohen. Live in fear. Harrison Ford says that the fifth Indiana Jones movie won't have him chasing aliens. That is his gift. (laughs) (laughs) Anderson Cooper's new daytime talk show is faltering in the ratings, maybe because he hasn't had a chance to scoop up any kids and save them from an approaching tsunami in his studio? Nope. The CW is planning on remaking the definitive 80s interspecies subterranean love story Beauty and the Beast, which then starred Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman. For the male lead, the CW is looking to round up Abercrombie underwear models with, quote, freaky big faces, unquote. (laughs) <laughs> Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz, was awarded an honorary order of the Order of the British Empire for his work on dyslexia. He celebrated by hitting the jukebox, sticking those thumbs and going, yay. <laughs> Steven Spielberg has finally admitted that replacing handguns with walkie-talkies in the re-released E.T. was a mistake. Can an apology for all of AI be hard, far behind? Sigh, the Jennifer Aniston Protective Services were called into action this week when Brad Pitt gave an interview where he alluded to his life while being married to Jen as being boring. Jen, I will give you $1 billion if instead of letting Us Weekly photograph you looking sad and baby-watching again, you let loose with a seven years in Tibet joke. Nope. Fox is considering an all-Simpsons cable channel. That includes season one. Nope. And every season after season eight. Nope. All right, guys. Do you know what time it is? Oh, this changes everything. It's game time. Sitting in a different seat and everything is weird. <laughs> uh, it's game time and I am running it this week. I wrote this quiz because, as we all remember, Joe clinched the season last week. And congratulations again to him for that. I did. So we decided to make the last two episodes of September be exhibition games in which Dave would also play. So this week it's... Uh, I'm very excited to be here. Everybody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this week it's Dave, John and Joe. Next week it will be Dave, Guest and me. Yep. Um, so this first quiz of the two exhibition games, very exciting, is called Off the Map. Oh, okay. So uh, I will give you a fictional city from a movie or a TV show. Oh, okay. You will tell me what it's from. Uh, um, I, can I just interject for a moment? Yes. Uh, I just want you both to know that in <laughs> university, I was a geography major, and I'm an expert daydreamer. So I'm going to combine those two talents today, and you are going down, my friends. <laughs> You're talking a big game. So I thought you had a canker sore, isn't that? It's gone. Isn't that a different magic power talking about it? <laughs> okay, so two points if you get it just from the name of the city. Right. Um, if you you could ask for a hint, uh-huh. in which case I'll give you the name of a person who has been in that city, either lives there or has been sighted there at least one time right. memorably. Okay. Okay? okay. And they're from movies and TV. Are we ready to go? I am ready. To play Off the Map. Off the Map. Press two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running the soundboard, you guys. So who's going first? Everything's different. So who's we'll our... start. Traditionally, we start with our guests. So, John, you may go first. Okay. Choose a number between one and 30. Uh, 17. Number 17, Spread Eagle. New New York. New New York. 
Uh, hint. Amy Wong. Can I ask a question about this quiz? Yes. Can we change the rules so I can answer and get some points? <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn. It doesn't work like that when I play. Uh, <laughs> the correct answer is Futurama. Futurama. Ah. Futurama. Joe. Uh, number 19. Well done. Thank you. Uh, the city is Amity. Oh. Oh my god. I'd like to uh, just uh, suggest once again that we introduce the rule where I get to uh, Hint? Sam Quint. I'm so close and yet so far away. Um, take it, Ben. Dave, do you want to. Oh. Uh, Joe. Joe. Yes. For this answer, you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh my god, of course. And Sam Quint. <laughs> yes. That's a pretty right. good clue, I feel. That's a very good clue. No, okay, Joe, uh, Dave. All right, uh, let's do number 20. Number 20, exclamation. Clone high. Correct, for two <laughs> points. Dave gets the first points of the game. Oh, my God. John. Uh, I'll take number four, please. Number four, bedrock. Flintstones? Correct. Well done. Oh, wait, I've been, I forgot. Yay. Okay, Joe. <laughs> 29. Uh, 29, Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Correct. Yay. Dave. Uh, I'm going to go 16. Number 16, Bikini Bottom. Bikini Bottom. Um, I, SpongeBob SquarePants. Correct. Nice. For two points. Oh, nice. Uh, which okay. one? What number was that? That was number 16. Thank you. Uh, um, I will take number 30. Okay. Number 30, Coast City. Coast City. Thanks. Uh, hints, please. Carol Ferris. Going down, John. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Green Lantern? Green Lantern is correct. Do one more and then we'll have a score break. Joe. Three. Number three, Stars Hollow. Stars Hollow is Gilmore Girl. Correct. All right. All right. Uh... <laughs> it's confusing. You're doing a good job. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Score break. John. I have two. Joe. Four. Dave. Four. Nicely done. All right. It's a game, folks. Uh, I, Tara, would like to pick number 12. Number 12, make them. Make them? Make them. M-A-Y-C-O-M-B. Hmm. Make them. Hint? Jem Finch. Who? Jem Finch. Why is that really familiar? Because I can't tell you or else <laughs> it would give it away. Shit. I feel like I know this, guys. You do. What's this town again? Make them. Jem Finch. Uh, Killing Mockingbird? Correct. Correct. For one point. Nicely done. John. Uh, number one, please. Capital City. Capital City, uh, The Simpsons. Correct. Do you you guys want to guess what the hint was? (laughs) The goofball? No, it was Tony Bennett. Oh, Tony Bennett. Forgetting with my my dings and and ass again. Okay, uh, Joe. Two. San Angeles. Oh, uh, Demolition Man? Correct. Oh, my God, nice. 
Okay, Dave. Shit, nice pull. Uh, 14. Number 14, Sunny Dale. Uh, Buffy the Vampire. Correct. Nice. Mm-hmm. John. Uh, 13, please. 13, Coruscant. Uh, Star Wars. Correct. 23. Uh, Pine Valley. Pine Valley, all my children. Correct. Oh. Rest in peace starting this week. <laughs> all right. Dave Cole. Uh, 24. Number 24, Hill Valley. Uh, back to the Futures 1 through 3. Correct. Nice. John. Uh, 22, please. Number 22, Gotham City. Batman. Correct. Joe. Eight. Number eight, River City. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Music Man? Correct. Oh, nice. Okay, Dave. That's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's do 20. Let's do 28. Number 28, Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade? Yeah, H-O-G-S-M-E-A-D-E. How many points do you have, Joe? Uh, 10. I uh, take a gamble, say Harry Potter. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Okay, right, well done. Sound, sound <laughs> Potter-esque. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. All right, time for a score break. All right. Wait, 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 you guys. John. I have 8. Joe. Still 10. I have 11. <gasps> <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. Okay, uh, 23, please. Number 23 has been taken. 23 oh, has I'm been sorry. taken. Uh, 10. Number 10, Jupiter Hollow. Jupiter Hollow? And we, um, had, we had Stars, stars Hollow. Stars Hollow. Um, can I have a hint, please? Rune Dimmick. Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I don't know. Big business. <laughs> Joe is correct. Big it is business. big business. What's that? Wow. It's Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin oh. from the 80s. Fred Ward played Rune. Obviously, I haven't watched that hey, in a long time. There's no reason for me to think John hasn't seen that movie. <laughs> I right. haven't seen it. It's Number five. Number five, Delta City. Chimps. <laughs> yeah, now you see now you see the frustration of knowing all the questions everyone else is getting except for you this is what you sound like <clears throat> yes Joe you asked for a hint a hint for Delta City Clarence J. Boddicker seriously that's a hard hint that's not a good that's hint not I mean, a, that's not a hard hint no what I mean is it's, it's I have a feeling I wouldn't know this anyway I'm I, gonna give up it's Robo. Joe there's going to be trouble Robocop it's Robocop. I've only seen Robocop like once when I was super. What? Sorry, guys. Get out of my house. <laughs> Joe. I mean, Dave. Dave. Well, I am Dave and I am going to. Th- I feel like I haven't been crossing enough numbers out. I got too caught up in the moment. I'm going to go 20, 21. 21. Agrestic. Oh, uh, weeds. Correct. I was about to say the worm is turned. <laughs> John. Um, number nine. Sugar Ditch. Hmm. Whenever Dave groans, I know I'm not going to know it. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint, John. It's, it's not science fiction. Okay. Well, I will take the official hint then. Celia Foot. She sure uh, does. 
Mm, I don't know. Mm. The help. Yeah, mm. that's correct. Good old sugar ditch. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, 15. 15, Mystic Falls. That's another one that's super familiar. God damn you, idyllic southern towns. Um, <laughs> hint. Elena Gilbert. Oh, I'm going to be so mad when I get this wrong. Elena... I'm going to go back to Picket Fences. The Vampire Diaries. Oh, I didn't know. Oh. That's fine. I don't have to feel bad about that one at all. That's Yo. the question nobody was getting. I'm Dave. My name is Dave. <laughs> Sorry. Stop Dave. There's uh, a lot going on. I know. It is, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a sensory overload situation. Dave. Uh, 25, please. Number 25, The Emerald City. Oh. Wow. Wow. The, the wizard of, of, wait, Oz. <laughs> Well done. Thank you. John. Uh, 18, please. Number 18, Cabot Cove. Cabot Cove. Oh, God, what is that? Hint, please. Jessica Fletcher. Murder, she wrote. Correct. Uh, 11? Number 11, Sicily. Oh, Sicily. Oh, I'm... Northern Exposure? Thank you. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. That Hold was 11, on. right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, 27. Mayberry. Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> Correct. Bam. 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 See, out, see the power of good picking? John. Uh, number seven? Number seven, Pawnee. Mm. Oh, wait. These are our last three questions. These are our last score, three score, questions. Score. I forgot to right. take a... Before you answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Score break. Uh, I have nine. Joe. I have 12. Dave. 17. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. There will be no living with Dave after this. Oh, my God. John uh, Ramos. Which one did you ask for uh, Seven. Pawnee. Pawnee? Pawnee. Pawnee. Um, hint, please. Tom Haverford. Guys, I can't believe it. Mm, I don't know. Mm. Everybody else? You Marks should watch Parks and Recreation. Recreation. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Uh, six. You picked the correct one. Oh, God. Lanford. Lanford. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew that oh, one. Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on this? Lanford. Lanford. Lanford, Illinois. Roseanne. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Joe, you did pick the right one. I would have called, no called an ambulance if you hadn't gotten uh, that one right. I think and for our 26? final question, number 26. Yeah. Yeah, 26. Bayside. Bayside? That's yes. familiar. Bayside. I don't think it's Baywatch. That's too obvious. I'm going to ask for a hint on this one. Your hint is Lisa Turtle. Um, uh, uh, don't know it. Saved by the Bell. Correct! Uh, and so for the final score break. Whoa! Wrong one. <laughs> if I got that right, I would have had 19, but alas, <laughs> I only right. have 17. All right, John. Uh, I ended up with nine. 14. So our winner wow. is. Oh, God! <laughs> it's Dave! 
Benny and recorded a special victory song, and here it is. These are the Daves I know, I know. <laughs> These are the Daves I know. Some of them are Daves, but most of us are Daves. They all have their own hands, but they come from different mums. Yeah! <laughs> Congratulations, Dave. Thanks. Congratulations. I actually wasn't expecting to do it. Thank you for uh, doing some geography stuff. Well All right. Done. That's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great, guys. We watched a lot of new and returning TV sitcoms and revealed what new fall shows we are all looking forward to the most. John argued on behalf of Archer's Killing Utney for the canon, and after considerable deliberation, we decided... Yeah. We crown winners and losers of the week. We recap the rest of the week. And Mr. Dave T. Cole, greatest man in the universe, was winner of Game Time. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Comment on the site. Send us Game Time. Submit audio for the canon or I Am Not a Crackpot. Or maybe even some Is This Worth than Jazzes. Mm? Mm. Go to ExtraHotGreat.com for all the details. Remember, folks. We're listening. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tari Ariano. Yay! Joe Reed. Shut up, baby dick. And Mr. John Ramos. <laughs> Troll toll. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you right here next week on Extra Hot Great. Well, what about the groundbreaking work Dr. Krieger is doing for ISIS in our applied research division? Yeah, tell him about the sex robot. The what? Yes, the what? I call him Fister Robot. <laughs> but it doesn't just fist. <laughs> <laughs> Pam! <laughs>